Hello, this is Graham Cook. Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. We are learning to identify our spirituality in Jesus only because we are crucified, we are united, and we are buried with him in his death. As Romans 6 says, you have died with him in death. You are dead. (laughs) This is not the prince's bride. You're not mostly dead. You're totally dead. You are deader than a dead thing that is dead. (laughs) So consider yourself to be dead. When you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, you can say, thank God I'm a new person and there's a new life on the inside of me. I can't wait to get going today because I'm alive to God in Jesus. Romans 7, 6 says that we are released from the law. That is, we are released from the performance of having to earn our blessing and our favor. And we are released to be able to serve in kainos of spirit. That means newness of life, newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. You know, it's interesting when the word old here in the Greek is actually palaios, P-A-L-A-I-O-S. And it means something that is worn out, useless, irrelevant, and out of date. That's the old you, is irrelevant, useless, and out of date. And therefore, it's no help to you because it has no power to make itself new. That is what Jesus had to say about it in Luke 5.36. He was telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. So Jesus Speaking about new and old in in parables, what he's really saying is you can't add a piece of Christ onto your old self. You can't take a bit of Jesus and apply it to your old self. You can't take a small piece of Jesus and sew it onto the old you and think that you're actually going to get some kind of encounter and experience of God out of that which will have any depth or power to it. And then he also said, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh. That's what new and kainos means. New wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. You can't put the Holy Spirit into an old man experience without having major problems. New wine expands just as the Holy Spirit is increasing in us continuously. It's where the Bible talks about being filled and be being filled because he's always making more room. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence, he starts to deal with all the old lifestyle that no longer belongs to you. What's he doing? Ah, He's just cleaning house. He's spring cleaning you. He's getting rid of all the old thinking that makes you strive. You know, when people move into a new neighborhood, they have a yard sale, a garage sale, to get rid of old stuff that they no longer want to have in their lives. 
They don't want to take it into their new place of habitation. In the same way, when God upgrades us from old to new man, from world to kingdom, there's no longer room for old things. All the old has passed away. And all things must become new from the Lord. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So as he gets rid of the old stuff, you have to get filled up with the Holy Spirit in that place that he has just made new. Because the Holy Spirit is fresh. He's exciting. He's powerful. He's expansionist. He's enlarging. He's energizing. It's our old mindsets, practices. It's our language and our lifestyle that can contain the Holy Spirit and box him in and prevent us from discovering who we really are in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has come to make sure that you're dead. And the way that he does that is by showing you life and getting you to engage with it in passion and power. The passion of God for you becomes the passion within you that learns the lessons of life and truth in Jesus. It's not that the Father is saying, you've got to get rid of this and then I'll give you this. That's legalism. God comes along and he doesn't mention anything about the old simply because he knows that he already killed it off. You know, the Father knows you're dead because he watched you die in Jesus. He's pretty clear on that. So he doesn't ever address the old. He just says, this is the new, true you in Jesus. And it's so important that our hearts become astonished and amazed by all the freedom we now have to be loved in a huge way, to explore his life for all our circumstances, to see and think and speak in a new, more powerful way, to be at peace and completely dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. God doesn't threaten us by withholding anything. You know, he's just way too pure for that. And he doesn't make us feel guilty or ashamed about the old man. He just ignores your old lifestyle and he said, listen, this is who I am. I killed you off so I could give you this. Now, beloved, do you actually want all this? Because it's all got your name on it. You know, we actually can't take it back because it's got your name on it. We can't give it to anybody else. It's got your name on it. So do you want all of this? Well, just put that old thing aside and take hold of what we're holding out for you. That's the real meaning, I think, of Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. Lay aside the old man and put on the new. Life each day is about connecting now with the new. Let the new replace the old. How does that happen? It happens when we focus on the new man and we interact with God in it, and then the old disappears. If you were driving around in an absolute clunker that you're constantly having to fix up and repair, and someone came and said, listen, 
I have this brand new car for you, but here's the deal. You have to drive it. And you're saying, yeah, well, right. And they said, no, but that means you can't drive that one because not even you can drive two cars at once. So how about you give me the keys to that car as I hand you the keys to this new one? How many of us are going to take at least a day or a week to think about that? <laughs> Seriously? You're going to snatch those keys out of their hand just in case they change their mind. You're going to throw your keys at them because you don't want the old keys anymore. You want the key to a whole new vehicle for life. It's as real as that. I want you to have all of this, but you need to let go of all of that. And all of that is all the life that you don't want anyway. So that's a good thing, right? If we're living in our old mindset and trying to become new, we're going to be hugely stressed out. We're going to feel inadequate. We're going to feel insecure about the things of the Spirit. We'll have stress. We'll have worry. We will be depressed, and our personality is just going to fracture. Here's the thing about the natural mind. Logical, rational mindsets cannot understand the mind of God fully. There is a Holy Spirit perception that will move in apparent opposition to normal human thinking practices. I love the fact that God is not human, so let's not treat him like he is. He is divine. He's altogether different. And his plan is to make you like him. So we're moving into this new regenerated spirituality that cannot come out of our old carnal mindsets. There is a new me in Christ, and there is Christ in the new true me. You are altogether different now. So let's just learn how to be altogether different. When we try to put new life into an old construct, we end up with religion and legalism. We end up trying to earn favor by our best efforts. And I think that's what performance Christianity is. It's the result of self-effort trying to get rewarded for something. So we strive and we struggle to overcome ourselves, not realizing that we're already dead and we're also fully alive in Christ. It's a little like Christians just trying to make the best life possible in Egypt, not aware that there is a promised land that God is taking you to. When most people really read the truth of the New Testament, and they really read everything that God has done and made available, it's like the legalist in us gets offended by all of that in the same way that the world does when the world hears something that sounds too good to be true. Everyone becomes cautious, and they become wary because the wisdom of the world says, hey, if it's too good to be true, someone's about to get conned. In heaven, though, here's the issue. If it's not too good to be true, it's not God. If it's not glorious, if it's not wonderful, if it's not brilliant, 
if it's not amazing, if it's not astonishing, if it's not absolutely outrageous. It cannot be God because God has come to give us a life that makes us astonished. So the only way to live this life in Jesus is to be utterly amazed, really astonished, to have a sense of wonder that sometimes makes you want to laugh and do your happy dance and sometimes just makes you want to fall to your knees and cry in absolute gratitude. I think there's only one way to live this life, and that is to be utterly delighted in who God is and in who you are becoming and in who God is for you. You know, if we're not, if we're not astonished, we don't get it. If you're not utterly amazed, you probably haven't received it yet. Our journey is taking us into that territory of astonishment and amazement in who God is. And from my perspective, it's absolutely brilliant. This is the life we want to be living in Jesus. To learn more about thinking and living from a new man, you can go to brilliantbookhouse.com and search for Mind of a Saint. Or you can watch the full video series at brillianttv.com. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. <laughs>